Welcome back, everybody, to Quid Prog Quo, the musical podcast where I subject my friends and loved ones to progressive rock music, and they in turn get me to listen to, well, whatever they want. Uh, This one is a very special one, as are a lot of these. I'm finding I'm enjoying the longer stretches of... Uh, runtime on these. So I think moving forward, a lot of these will be a, a little bit longer than the first couple of episodes that I had put out. Uh, and this one is of no exception. Exception. There we go. Um, for this particular episode, uh, I have one of my favorite people, uh, a librarian by the name of Alicia, coming on board. She and I had a lot of fun while we were working together at the Vaughn Public Libraries. I'm already giving too much away. I'm going to let you figure out a little bit more about Alicia in the actual episode proper. Uh, She had me listen to uh, one of my favorite albums that I've ever listened to on this podcast. Uh, Legit, I am recording this a couple of weeks after the actual sit-down recording of this, and I'm still listening to the album. So I don't want to spoil too, too much about that, but let's just leave it there. And I'm getting her to listen to an underrated prog group. Uh, And I feel like not too many people know about this particular artist, so I figured I would throw her within this particular artist's um, discography just to find out what she thought about it. Hopefully raise some awareness for this particular artist. So I'm going to leave that there. Um, as with all of my little intros, I want to extend a huge thank you to Alana Alinsky for the show's graphic and explosive ear candy for their song all together now, which is the soundtrack to this podcast. So without further ado, let's dive into this week's episode. Welcome, and thank you so much for coming on board and agreeing to do this. Yeah, thank um, you for having me. Yeah. Do you want to introduce yourself and tell people how we know each other? Sure. Uh, my name is Alicia, and we used to work together for... I could not tell you how long we worked together for <laughs> <laughs> at the Dufferin Clark Library. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, it's it's a good time. I miss the Duffer Nine Nine. I know uh, our little you know, crew. Yeah, we had a good thing going crew. for like for like a little blip of time. Yeah, there was like there's four of us, and there was like maybe two or three weeks where all of us worked the same time. Right. And then slowly but surely, we all spread our wings. Well, all well, but all but me. <laughs> Everyone has up and left me. Up and left you. Um, most have gone on to great success. I think I was the only one to burn up in the flames. Well, um, no, I wouldn't say that. You got hit well, with a pandemic. I mean, true, I feel like you true. could be forgiving for on yourself for that. I, I, I'll, yeah. But I mean, the good thing is that I started this little podcast to yeah. reconnect with everybody. So, uh, and you're the first and maybe only out of the, the four of us that have agreed to do this because I yeah. don't know if I'll get the other ones to come on. I think Leah is maybe too shy. <laughs> She said, bit. "Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Maria. I think Maybe she's really Maria. busy, though. Yeah, I think once. Well, that's the thing. Like once life slows down, but I don't think that'll happen anytime soon. I know. Yeah, because you know, adulting and life and all that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I know that we've connected a little bit with music through the past." Because uh, generally we would connect with like movies and books and all that, but there's a few times when we've connected over music. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do remember quite a number of times when you have graciously given me a lift home. Uh, oh, yeah. You're my little buddy on my yeah, yeah, that's right. And <laughs> I would I would play every once in a while a couple tracks for you. Um, I think my favorite one was still the worst album I think I've ever heard. And you're like, no, nah, I can't be that bad. Oh, God, what was and that again? Uh, which I don't want to name names because okay, fair enough. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, cast shade on anybody, mm-hmm. but there was no consistency in terms of style. Um, there was like spoken word aspects out of nowhere and it was just a good old time. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like vaguely remembering this text it to me later and I'll see if I can remember even that. I'm like, I remember the experience of it. Like I remember being like, what am I listening to? But I don't remember the name or anything like that. 
<laughs> yeah. You know, I figured we could get a pretty good conversation about music. Mm-hmm. Um, and do you want to introduce the the album that you're going to subject me to? Sure. Oh, subject. Okay. That's. I don't know why. That's the <laughs> word that I keep going to. Like, introduce, introduce. share. I'm going to graciously introduce you. This will be a treat, okay. I believe, in my opinion. Okay. Um, I, I went back and forth on quite a few different albums, but I tried to pick someone who I don't think you're familiar with, or at least I good. hope you're not. Good, 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 good. Yeah. So I have chosen... Um, the album called Pony by Orville Peck. I don't know how, if you've heard him. Oh, no. So it's his, that is his 2019 debut album. And he okay. is a, Matt, he is a country singer. But country? He, yeah, but he's, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much, how much detail you want me to give you right off the bat, but. Well, I mean, just kind of like stats, you okay. know, information, context. So he is a queer country singer. But his music is very, very influenced, I would say, by, like, 80s stuff and, like, sort of, like, that old school country, not, like, the pop country that's on the radio a lot. Right. Like, old school country. Anyway, he's very, very, the style is, like, I don't know, just, like, his aesthetic is immaculate. He wears a mask. He's known for wearing a fringe mask everywhere he goes. Okay. I know who you're talking about Okay, okay. Yeah. What, What was the name again? Orville Peck. Show Pony. Show Pony is his new album, but I think Pony, or it's an EP, so Pony, I think, is the better option. Okay, okay, okay. I'm just looking it up on Spotify, sure, and yeah. Show Pony is the only one that's coming up, but View Artist. Where's. Ah, Pony. Yes, okay. Got I have it. seen. I have seen this artist uh, in and around the music scene. I've seen. Is Does he identify as he? Yes. Okay, just want to make sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen him on the circuit, um, and I saw how big of a splash. I didn't realize that it was it was country and western. I thought he was kind of, you know, continuing the old town road aesthetic. Oh, I see. That was really popular last year. Yeah, yeah. There was pictures of him and Lil Nas X like on the Grammys red carpet. Yeah, and, both, and like, I always thought. Out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's what I. That's why I kind of thought. Oh, okay. So they're just. He's just kind of continuing that aesthetic. I didn't realize that. No, that's the music that he's going for. No, no, no. For. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's, it, it is like country Western, but it's like, it's, it's a little bit of everything as well. I, I think it's hard to explain. I feel like once you hear it, you'll understand what I mean, but. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cause I'm not no, a huge, I have to say off the bat, I'm not a very huge country fan. Like there's like. I was going to say, you don't strike no. me as a big country fan. <laughs> I'm not, but when it's good, it's good. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I've always been of the uh, opinion that. Good music is good music no matter what the genre is. I agree. So, yeah. like, there are rap albums that I love. There are pop mm-hmm. albums that I love. Absolutely. Doesn't, doesn't matter what genre it is. If it's good, it's good. Exactly. Like, my, I would say, like, my favorite albums are probably scattered across genres, like pop, rock, rap, now country. So mm-hmm. it's like, mm-hmm. get a little bit of everything. Keep your options yeah, open. Everything. That's right. Because mm-hmm. uh, if you stay too long in any one genre, you'll just get stagnated, exactly. I find. Yeah, it's so. boring. Yeah. Um, so that's really exciting. Yeah. Uh, this will actually be my first country and Western take on this show. Okay. So this <laughs> you've, you've opened up a whole new door uh, within the musical genres. Well, um, very honored. You should be. <laughs> to bring this into um, your life. <laughs> yes. So um, because um the whole mythos of the show is introducing progressive rock and prog to my friends i'm mm-hmm. staying in that wheelhouse sure. but when i was trying to think of different albums i always try to think of something that at least like an entry point something that i think the other person will enjoy mm-hmm. and i remember you saying that one of your favorite bands was the arctic monkeys yeah That's so <laughs> Love them there, so <laughs> there were a couple of different bands that kind of had that same flavor, that same feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I decided to go for one that not a whole lot of people, even within the progressive rock community, know about. Um, and that's the uh, the artist known as Efrat. Hmm. Um, so Efrat, they only put out one album. Um, and they're actually from... I uh, just want to make sure that I'm getting this right. They're from Israel. Oh, wow. Yeah, so they're, they're an Israeli um, band. 
um, led by Omar Afrat, who is the lead guitarist, keyboardist, flautist, uh, essentially a multi-instrumentalist. And this album, being their only one, is called No One's Words. Uh, It was released in 2008, so we're coming on like, what, 13 years now? Um, And the tie-in for anybody that's in the progressive rock scene and kind of knows about, you know, the movers and shakers, um, Stephen Wilson, the artist from Porcupine Tree and No Man and Blackfield and Storm Corrosion, like he's one of the big modern father figures of progressive rock. He produced and mastered this album. And he's, I believe he's actually featured on this album singing a couple of times every once in a while, because that's just how he do. Cool. Um, the other big name that's on this uh, is Daniel Gildon Lowe actually sings, sings uh, the, uh, the fifth, fifth track, track. but we'll get, get more into that later on. So that's, that's the album that I've decided to pick for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like it's a criminally underrated and under listened album. Oh, I've never even uh, heard of it. And you said 2008? 2008. Wow. Yeah. So I remember, um, without giving too much away, this came at the perfect time for me when I was first really getting into progressive rock. Um, I was starting to move away from more of like what everybody else was listening to. Like, I'm trying to think of the best way to say this without being all elitist. Um but like I was actively looking out for new and unique music, and this was one of the first ones that really connected with me. So, cool. I could yeah. not. I don't remember what I was listening to in two thousand eight. Like yeah. that's a whole blur to me. It was. Uh, I would say it was more like the indie rock crowd, not the progressive rock. It was more oh, the okay. like. I I don't remember two thousand eight. <laughs> oh, uh, I was oh just. I remembered that was the year that I I moved out of the hometown that I was living in. Okay. Um, cause up to that point I was living in a basement that my love, a house that my dad owned mm-hmm. and I moved away for school and it was the first time that I had moved out of my comfort bubble. And so I moved like three hours North and wow. that's the only reason why I remember a lot of the different music I was listening to because I knew exactly where I was. Like I remember being up at campus and being late at night and listening to this and gazpacho and <laughs> really getting into like porcupine tree and um opeth and so this was this one of those, one few, of those albums few albums that really really, really stood out for me for some reason cool i mean it's good yeah. it's nice when you have like a marker right to remember where you were mm-hmm. in 2008 i was probably starting university and who knows who knows who knows it was like i think like that indie indie pop was becoming a thing I feel like that was yeah. grabbing me. I think that's where I was at that time. Okay. Okay. Coming yeah, out do of you my remember... emo phase. Hmm? Oh, the emo phase. <laughs> I was there too. <laughs> I think we all were. I, was... I think. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, I was really coming out of, um, you know, I was coming out of gr- my Green Day phase because mm. I was loving American Idiot and 21st Century Breakdown. Yeah. Um, and I was just starting to get into My Chemical Romance and all those. Oh, yeah. But... Um, if I had, if I were maybe two or three years younger, I would have been a little harder into it, like the full like makeup as oh, well. God. Like yeah, honestly, I would have had the eyeliner and like the black rings around my eyes and it's, the whole. It's for the best, I think that it's that missed you. Probably for the I, best that I missed it. Yeah, for the record, I I did not look emo on the outside. I was just emo on the inside. But like my friends were that full scene. Some of them anyway. The full scene. The like yep. the the bangs across the face, the oh, like yeah. those hot topic gloves that went up your arms. Oh, yeah, oh the, like the fishnet ones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and the striped ones. The, yeah, like... I, mm-hmm. yeah, I must have, I missed that by like two years because I remember leaving high school as that was getting really popular mm-hmm. and then starting university in like 2006, 2000, yeah, 2005, 2006. So I had just missed it, but I still really appreciated and enjoyed the music. Yeah. Even if like, it's one of those, you feel it on the inside, but... <laughs> <laughs> not necessarily on the outside first that was me that was me i was like i'm not gonna display this outside like that's that's too much but yeah. i will vibe to this actually i just, <laughs> I just heard my chemical romance on the radio the other day and it was like oh wow it, it really took me back yeah that well was... they were supposed to tour this year too oh were they yeah but uh the whole lockdown yeah I mean, kind of cut that off and everything so 
Yeah, because I remember people getting so annoyed with the ticket prices because they oh, were like astronomical. No. Yeah, that would happen because yeah. they're, you know, everyone like reliving their youth, I guess. Yeah, and people that have money to burn are the people that would be able to go see them. They don't have the life commitments, but they've got, in theory, at least the money. Right. At this point in our lives, we should, but we, we, should, don't, all, but... we don't all have it. <laughs> we know that that's not yeah. necessarily the <laughs> That's case. a big assumption. It's a huge assumption. Yeah. 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 Me over here with like my craft dinner and like ramen noodles. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. I did see a, a hilarious uh, post on the internet that said, during this lockdown, I have not bought a single cup of coffee at Starbucks for like five months. Mm -hmm. So all those baby boomers that have said that if I gave up my coffee, I should be able to afford a house now. So where's my hook? Where's, where's my house? My house? <laughs> I still don't right? have a house. <laughs> I still don't have a house. I'm still poor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, that coffee was giving me joy. Yeah. Now oh I, I have no money and now no joy. Exactly. Or at least before I had the joy. Right? That was the thing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. My cousin fully said that. She was in an argument with her parents at like a family event. And they were like, if you just stop spending money like on restaurants and bars, you would have a, you, you know, you could save up. She's like, in what world can I ever save up enough? I'm going right? to go spend my money at restaurants. Yeah. I don't yep. fully condone, but like, you know, do what makes you yeah. happy. Yeah, because I remember I was on a phone call with the bank because for some reason, the banks are the only people that have reached out during this whole pandemic, oh, really? like outside of my friends. Right. Um, but yeah, they called me up and like, hey, we're checking in. How's it going? I'm like, fine. Oh, okay. It's little, Why are you little like, oh, yeah, we're seeing that, you know, you're putting stuff away for your retirement. Is there anything that we can do to help maybe achieve one of your goals, like buying a house? And I just uh, couldn't stop laughing. Like, yeah, sure. Can like, you help me? Yeah. And I'm like. <laughs> Uh, in what world do you live in where I would be able to afford a house? What, and are they bored? Or are they just like cold calling I don't, people? I don't know. I guess so. I mean, if they call me, I don't answer the phone unless I have the call ID on it. So right. maybe they call me. But like. Maybe. I always, I always just like talking to them, seeing what's up, yeah. seeing what's good. Sometimes they'll, they'll have a new program for me. But like, yeah, because they, they said, oh, well, you can you if you put enough away, you'll be able to afford a down payment. And I'm like, I used to live in Toronto. And they're like, oh, okay. I guess that's that's a conversation that's over then. <laughs> uh, I know. Oh, Someone boy. just told me that her girlfriend was going to sell her house in London, Ontario. Yeah. That she had purchased for a hundred and something thousand dollars. And I oh, wanted to cry. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it, right? Like our parents bought their houses for like $100,000 and like a couple liters of Coca-Cola. Honestly. And they'll and say like, oh, the interest rates were super high, which is true. Yeah, that's but true. But you can still know. do it. You can still do it. And they didn't yeah. have the, the phone bills, the internet yeah. bills, the, the most gas you had to worry prices. About was like, yeah, the most you had to worry about was maybe cable. Yeah, what cable? Like then you can get the yeah. little, you know, like you could like run that wire from your neighbor's house to your, <laughs> yeah. to your TV. <laughs> yeah, it's like there was a whole Simpsons episode yeah, based on that. exactly. Yeah. And like my friend used to have direct TV, like the like, Ooh, did you ever know anyone who had the that? fancy like, one. Yeah, no, like we the... were, I was, I was in the whole, what is it? There was like this whole project in like suburbia outside of Toronto where it was like the low income houses, but they were scattered in amongst the different suburbs. Mm. So, yeah, it was mainly working class families for us. So yeah. nobody was fancy enough to have. Oh, no, no. Like a... When I say direct TV, I mean it was illegal. <laughs> oh. it, was, it was an American satellite that they did not pay for. So my friend got all of the pay-per-view movies for free. That's how oh. I watched like all of the movies back in the day. You know, I'm not going to name know. names, but that was, that was quite a good time in our lives. <laughs> right, right. Oh boy! Yeah, the one CIA agent that's listening to this podcast is like, oh, like oh, we almost, we almost had them in two thousand and one or whatever that was. We almost had the oh. name. <laughs> oh, so we're a little bit off topic, okay, but yeah, we will, sorry. we will. No, 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 that's just as much my fault. Um, we will uh, go into our separate areas, listen to one another's albums. I'll listen to Pony. You'll listen to No One's Words. No One's Words. I'm gonna pull this up on uh, Spotify. Yeah. And then we will come together and talk about our experiences. I have a feeling they're about the same length. I think uh, yours might be a little bit I longer. think mine is a little longer, but with more songs, yeah. which is interesting. So. Oh, there's a few songs on mine that are quite lengthy. Okay. So, 
<laughs> enjoy. Those. I can see that jud- judging by the runtime. Yeah. All right, I got it. It's like mathematically, this has to. <laughs> I'm I'm no mathematician here, but <laughs> I can rarely do math. But something seems off here. <laughs> Five songs and fifty minutes of music. Huh. But I know. Okay. I to be honest, I expect that when you said progressive, so. Okay. Goes with the at territory. Least, at least you know what's coming in. Oh yeah. Okay. Give me more of your sunshine. And with that, Alicia and I go off into each other's musical landscapes and uh, discover what that sounds like. Um, I'm very excited for you to hear both of our reactions to each other's uh, music. And um, yeah, I'm going to hold off on that just a little bit to do my usual thanks. As always, I don't have any sponsors yet, uh, but I do have a number of patrons that I do want to thank. And first off, I do want to thank Fabian J. Alilo uh, for donating to my Patreon. Thank you so much, Fabian. As well as Joseph Tribler. Uh, thank you so much, Fabian and Joseph, for donating to my Patreon. Uh, if you want to be cool like Fabian and Joseph, head on over to my Patreon. It's Patreon slash Notes Reviews. And if you don't feel like typing it into a search bar, uh, head on over to YouTube.com and search Notes Reviews. That's where I've got all my videos, all my live streams, all my album reviews. And in each of the descriptions, there is a link for my Patreon as well. Uh, so consider heading on over there. And, uh, you know, if you like this, Um, I'll give you a shout out for sure. Um, And that's really all I've got for this little ad break. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. Thank you again to Alicia for agreeing to do this. I'm really excited for you to hear what I thought about Orvel Peck's Pony album and what she thought of Efrat's No Words. Uh, It's one of my all-time favorite albums, and I still come back to it and get quite a bit of joy from that album. So... Yeah, let's ba- jump back into the studio, find out what each of us thought of each other's albums. So let's do this. Okay, well, welcome back. Thank you. Uh, so tell me about your experience with Efrat. How did you enjoy that? I liked it. Um, I'm not Withens are big prog guys. And so that kind of sound was around me quite a bit when I was living with them. Okay. Okay. Um, so do you recognize yeah, like, so, any uh, band names or anything like that? Just so uh, I kind of know? Or? Yeah, they were. I don't know, Dream Theater is one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're familiar. I'm yeah, yeah. Very I, familiar with Dream that's Theater. That's one that I remember. Okay, okay, perfect. That was like they would go to their show whenever they were here. And like, yep. I think uh, I remember us having this conversation before. Yeah. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, I, was I, a big I, thing in my household. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And it's uh, just to kind of play off that a little bit, like it, it definitely has the same ideology as like dream theater in terms of like the presentation of music but very different sounds interesting yes i will say because a lot of it i'm like okay this sounds like i like the genre that i'm familiar with Mm -hmm. but there were parts of it that i was like okay that's a little different yeah yeah one of my favorite things about uh is he actually uh omar has stated like he understands that israel as a as a place is very torn between continuing the tradition of being Middle Eastern and influences from the heritage, as well as all the colonialization that has happened from the West. So Mm -hmm. he feels like a lot of the music has kind of reflected that. So he tried his best to emulate that a little bit. And I mean, Stephen Wilson's uh, a UK artist. He's from Britain. Um, And so he came in to help produce it. So you even have kind of that dual ideology within the music for those who are coming together to make the music. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did, uh, especially on the track, and I don't know if you noticed, there's a couple moments on, say, Haze or Better Than Anything that has kind of like a Middle Eastern flair to it. But I don't want to, 
I don't want to. Well, I was actually. Yeah. yeah. No, no, I was going to say that exact same thing, actually. Sorry. Oh, good. Sorry. I didn't want to take. Yeah. I didn't want to take those words out of your mouth. No, that's literally what I was going to say. I believe it was the first song. And let me find out what it was called. The Sum of Damage Done. Yes. That's my favorite. Um, Okay. Um, That one, I definitely noticed the Middle Eastern or the the Mediterranean vibes, let's call it. Yes. The sounds, Mm -hmm. Um, which, which I like as someone who's not familiar with prog rock, I was surprised by that. And Mm -hmm. I was like, that's cool. That's a little regional touch. Yeah. Yeah, and on uh, Some of Damage Done, that's where Daniel Gilden Lowe is singing. So it's a different singer. Uh, And he's really big because I believe he's from Sweden. So there's just more hands in the pot on that one. Yeah, very. Um, That is the song that got me into this album because I heard it on the internet and I'm like, what is this? I need more. Um, Mm -hmm. And... Yeah, I just, I loved the guitar work on it. I love the presentation on that. Uh, it was such a, I don't know, just a good song in that sense. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah, the, the problem with only listening to an album through once is that I can't remember what sounded like what, oh, like no. which song was which. Right. Um, but I want to say that maybe it was Haze, could be wrong, mm-hmm. but um Lately, while I'm working, um, mm-hmm. I've been playing a lot of like dream pop, crazy kind of my bloody Valentine kind of stuff. Okay, as just okay. like noise background, basically. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. So yeah, because yeah, it it doesn't require you to concentrate. It's just like a very like pleasant for me, pleasant background. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so one of one of the songs was like, oh, this is something I would listen to on my like work playlist as like just like noise rock, I guess, (laughs) in a good way. I mean that in a good way. Well, yeah, I mean, there is the whole... <laughs> it sounds like an insult, but it's not. <laughs> no, 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 because there is a whole subgenre of, like, noise rock and noise metal, so... Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I yeah. mean, they say the best music to listen to while studying or working is, like, video game soundtrack music. Mm-hmm. I have to be in the mood for that. Oh, interesting. Because, yeah, like, sometimes I get too distracted by how, like, good the song is. Right, how and epic I'm like, oh, and scale, I don't want to be yeah. working. I want to be playing this game or watching this movie. Right, yeah. right, 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 right. Well, kind of, yeah, my, my work playlist changed according to my mood, but lately it's oh, been a lot of just kind of like, yeah, like I guess shoegaze, you would call it, or dream pop. Yeah. And uh, so there, there are similar vibes. I wish I had more knowledge of the genre so I could share more with you. Oh, that's okay. So, yeah. Like I'm, I'm hoping for like a, like a new take, like an untainted okay. viewpoint. I will, I will say I'm not used to songs that have some of the length of these ones. Mm-hmm. Um, like one was literally 20 minutes I want to say yeah the um, which real. Is, I was like okay that's gonna test me but mm-hmm, it's gonna yeah, test you so how how did you end up on the other side yeah because real is like 19 minutes long yeah but you know what it's just kind of like I guess the way the song is structured it doesn't mm-hmm. quite it doesn't feel like a 20 minute long song it feels like I guess like multiple songs mm-hmm. It's the same thing where like if people complain for me about reading like a large book 
mm-hmm. versus reading several smaller books. I'm like, well, you're still reading the same amount. One is just a longer story. So you don't need to be yeah. intimidated by it. You're just doing the same amount of reading. That's right. Um, so it reminds me of that. But also, yeah, I was just thinking, like I was listening to Sufjan Stevens again because he just put a new album out. And uh, one of his other, I can't remember, Age of Ads, I think is the album. Um, very experimental. And he has like 18 minute long songs on it. And I was like, mm-hmm. Soof, like, what are you, how am I going to get through this? And then I was like, oh no, it's actually good. <laughs> What's the artist? I have to look this up now. Oh, uh, Sufjan Stevens. He, it's S-U-F-J-A-N. Okay. You'll have to message me that later I on. Will. He's like I, a, yeah. He's I an love enigma long, Yeah. I love long tracks. Like the longer yeah. the tracks, the better. So. Oh yeah. Good. Yeah. 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 He's a like very Christian choir voice type. Okay. He had a couple songs on the Call Me By Your Name soundtrack, actually, which I think brought him to a lot of people's attention. Right, right, right. Um, Anyway, just a recommendation. He has a new album out, so I've been listening to that as well. Overall thoughts about Efrat and the whole experience with it? Um, I enjoyed it, and I think it's very interesting that there's such a, like, to me, this is like a a Western sound. Like, I don't know where Mm prog rock originated from was it america um i i guess the best the best place would have been the uk because uh, okay. that's where it really exploded especially within the early 70s because that's where most of it took place mm-hmm. now it's all over the world and i think yeah. one of the major hubs right now would probably be sweden and norway and like the northern european countries yeah, um, because <laughs> that's what they do it sounds right? like what they like yeah. yeah yeah i mean it's also very popular in the u.s but not as like big i suppose mm. um so like the three big places are like the uk the u.s and uh norway sweden all those places okay that makes sense yeah so so very western though basically very is western the gist yes. is of the, like the origins yeah. So, so having an Israeli band, like, to be honest with you, if you didn't tell me that they were Israeli, I would probably listen to it not thinking, mm-hmm. I wouldn't wonder where they were from until I heard that, um, that bit of, I, I don't know the, the instrument name, but the like, meditation, somebody who is, you know, you probably know this, but like that sound <laughs> that comes in. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I would, uh, that would be the only clue for me that I'm like, well, maybe this is from a different part of the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's that's really interesting. Yeah, I yeah. wouldn't associate it with with Israel. Yeah, and I'm I'm kind of saddened that they never put out any more albums because mm-hmm. I feel like the the amount of potential in a band like this is huge, and I just wish that we could have had more music with this viewpoint. You know, the, yeah. like a different starting point. And like I I found it more to me more interesting than like I have listened to like dream theater and I wish I could come up with other examples because again, they're, it was on all the time. Yeah. And they're like it. one of the big, big, like progressive metal bands. I think they're yeah. like the biggest one. So probably. Okay. Okay. So yeah. I vaguely know what I'm talking about, but um, yeah, you got I, I was just like, would never sit down and, and listen to it and okay. it would never hold my interest basically. Right. Um, but this actually, I found that it did. And I wonder if that's because maybe there's something a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, resonating with yeah and i i mean i purposely tried to think of an album that you would try to resonate with mm-hmm. um so i am glad that you did yeah I in that it. sense yeah mm-hmm. um great so switching gears mm-hmm. uh moving on over to the album that you had me listen to was pony uh pony. so i I fell in love with this album really hard, oh. really fast. Um, right? <laughs> wow. Um, I have Michael, so much. Can I... Go for yeah. it. No, I just will. My little background with this, because I also fell in love with this hard and fast, like yeah. immediately. Yeah. I listened to one of the songs. I think it was Dead of Night at mm-hmm. the beginning of quarantine. Mm-hmm. And then two weeks, all I did was listen and so like a, a very like close same i was like this is perfect yeah it's, go ahead i will let you speak now <laughs> you no know, it's it, it is very and it's interesting that it was released last year because it feels like a very 2020 album if you know mm. what i mean the the words that i kept using while describing half these songs are uh dreamy 
haunted and this was i was trying to think of the voice of uh Uh, of orville Orville Mm -hmm. and like trying to figure out because it's something something i've heard before um the closest that i have come to with this particular style of vocal work uh is a band called murder by death um which if you haven't checked out i think you would really enjoy okay um but it felt like a blending and a mix between Johnny Cash and Michael Crawford. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it's very Johnny Cash and being a traditional country Western flavor um, while also introducing all these very theatrical, very not quite over the top, but just very emotive singing styles of like Michael Crawford, like almost like a Broadway mm-hmm. essence of that. Uh, and I just found myself falling in love with the with Orville's voice and his ability to carry so much emotion, even though half the songs, if not more than half the songs, are very personal, subdued, mellow, as I mentioned, dreamy, haunted. Yeah, I, I found myself really, really, really diving in and enjoying all these songs. Good, yeah. I... Uh... I agree with everything. And I think for me, I yeah, Johnny Cash for sure. Um, there's a lot of Roy Orbison in his voice, I think, if mm-hmm. you're familiar, but like almost uncanny. Um, yeah. And uh, he struck me when I first listened to him as almost like a male Lana Del Rey. I was, you said it before I could. <laughs> Sorry. That is one of my notes. It was, um, he's a very masculine Lana Del Rey. Mm-hmm. And I even wrote, it's very interesting that when Lana does this style of music, it's very pop. And when he's doing it, it's much more country, even though it's essentially the same thing, just yeah. in each other's different styles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's hard to describe. Like it's, right? it's very, I'll go for it. I'll go for it. Oh, no, I was just going to say, just like, I didn't give you any background on him before I let you listen to this, but, um, it is very, oh, yeah. very Americana. Um, and he, mm-hmm. like, I did a lot of, like, reading when I was obsessed with this album. And he said, like, the image of, like, the cowboy just, like, is, like, as a loner, like, a man without, like, a base is what he connects to. Mm-hmm. And he is actually based in Canada vaguely. Like, he is, oh. he got his start in Toronto. Um, okay. But okay. He, I think he recorded the album in BC. Right. Um, because we don't really know who he is, it's kind of, like, hard to figure out, like, what yeah. his situation is. But I... I feel like he was like a little bit nomadic in his youth. Um, mm-hmm. So he's not American. And oh, okay. uh, yeah, so it's interesting that that really, really American image is what yeah. he portrays. Um, Which is so interesting because like out West, specifically in like Saskatchewan and Alberta, Alberta it's it's yeah. much more of that type of cowboy yeah. essence and Canadian feel. Canadian cowboys over there. Yeah, the very <laughs> Canadian cowboys. The one track that really push that essence for me was like the queen of the radio sorry queen of the rodeo can't even read my own writing here um and that's where like I, and maybe it is the very western aspect to it that's what i was probably going to say mm-hmm. is that even though a lot of people would call this like country and western i would feel like western would fit the bill more so yeah. Because it feels more like a Western movie soundtrack. I know Another evening show Maybe just because I've been watching it a lot recently, but like I'm getting like Twin Peaks, like very dreamy, mm. very like David Lynch style. For sure, yeah. Where there's not a whole lot of tangibility, but a hell of a lot of ideas going on. Yeah, that's actually um, a really good comparison, I think. I can totally see yeah. him scoring Twin Peaks if there was right? a reboot. <laughs> yeah. Um, but even like, even within that Twin Peak atmosphere, it's very late evening, very twilight, very like between worlds as well. Yeah. Like not quite, not quite day, not quite night. 
Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with the guitar work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very, very dreamy sounding, twangy. Yeah, and it's interesting. My favorite track off of this whole thing is Old River. <laughs> yeah. Still there's snow left on the ground. Old River. I'm so saddened that it's the shortest. It's so short. <laughs> it's like just him saying old river. <laughs> yeah. But like, I love how deep the bottom is on this track. Like the, mm. the bass work and um, the electric organ work that blends with that. Um, and I love the interlocking vocals. So other than that, I think my other favorite track was, which was it? it oh yes. Kansas. Remember me now that's super like old school very very Mm -hmm. tiny i I love that one i think yeah i feel like that was the first one i saved on my phone out of all of them yeah Yeah. and i i love the off kilter harmonies Mm -hmm. and it does reinforce this whole haunting remember me now kind of like looking back and trying to remember the past and realizing that maybe we're looking at it as like a romanticizing rose tint and it's not really as good as it was because there's a lot of like bruises and inflections that we've had with whatever it was that's surrounding it and i just love the note sequences that was leading up to the chorus i love how the ending of this track is like an overly distorted mess very similar to something that like radiohead would do way back in the day yeah Um, It does remind me. It reminds me of. Oh, we're both going to say what it reminds us of. (laughs) (laughs) So you go first and I'll I'll say what it reminds me of. Sorry to jump in. I was just going to say it makes me picture as if that I've ever done this, but driving in like an old, old, like in the Mm. 70s car and listening to it on the radio. Like in my mind, that's what it sounds like to me driving like through, I don't know montana or something yeah like the badlands or like yeah uh for me it reminds me of like a metaphor of your memory slowly decaying and getting worn away with age Um, poetic yeah so i just like one of the albums or i guess it was a series of albums that i listened to quite a bit over the quarantine was uh the caretakers album everything at the end of time which was this big experimental art piece that was like six hours long that was just a giant metaphor about dementia and the slow decay of memory and slowly losing yourself to that kind of a disease. And there was a lot of that style of distortion. And that's kind of why I was thinking that this is like the slowly decaying memories that we once held as being very beautiful but then slowly starting to erode with time and can't get back to that time period yeah wow that's so i feel like if you if orville should listen to this i feel like you would love that interpretation oh, <laughs> orville if you're listening to so this much deeper. there we go <laughs> that's so oh. much deeper than like i would have ever taken it but wow that's really i really like that interpretation yeah, that's that's so beautiful. That's why I love and this then, track. Wow, I'm gonna appreciate it even so much more now. Mm-hmm. I'm mean, just hearing it in my head and like, yeah, that that all makes sense. Yeah. yeah, I know. I was gonna point out there was um just like with all the different influences because like we've talked about like Johnny Cash and Roy Orbison and mm-hmm. Michael Crawford and stuff like that. But um, there's a moment in I oh, what is the song called? I think it's called Hope to Die. It's one of the slower tracks. I have a lot of notes um, for that track. So Okay. Yeah, go oh, for yeah. it. 
I was going to say there's a, there's a moment where the bait, where it kicks in, like he pauses it, there's like a little guitar break mm-hmm. and then the song stops and then he like punches back into it. And it's yeah. such a Whitney Houston moment yeah. of like, I will always love you. Mm-hmm. And I remember hearing that and being like, this is so like pop all of a sudden, but it yeah. works so well. And that was intentional. Like it was meant to sound like a big Whitney Houston ballad. And so I just love all the different, like, the different um, different types of music or music history that are sort of brought into this one album and it all works really well. Um, yeah. it's like it shouldn't, but it does. It does, yeah. And it's interesting because um, which was the song that you were talking about? Was it Turn to Hate? That No, it was actually, uh, it was Hope to Die. Hope to Die, sorry. So, so Turn to Hate was the one that I have a okay. whole lot of um, notes for, mm-hmm. but uh, hope to die. I actually have in parentheses Anthem of 2020. Um, oh. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. <laughs> but um, this was the one that made me fall in love with uh, Orville's voice. Oh, um, yes. I just, I even said, I love the build at the end. I loved that there was this really fun percussive aspect before that big, Whitney Houston moment because mm-hmm. uh, I did write down holy man holy god this man can sing I love his <laughs> voice it's so good <laughs> it's just so good hello Because, yeah, I love that build. And I love how it's kind of a one-two punch because there's this, there's this smaller build towards that end, which is almost, as I call in music, like I have no music theory background to me, but I always call it the wind-up and punch kind of an I idea. Use, I use the word punch as well. It feels like a yeah. punch, right? Yeah. yeah, so you've got the punch. And so you've got this little bit of a wind-up within this percussion area. And then mm-hmm. you've got a little bit of a stop and then the release. So you've got like this release. tighten and then the release of it. So cathartic. Yeah. I just, yeah, I really, really enjoyed that track. And I realized that it's turned to hate that I have a whole bunch of notes for. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a good one too. Yeah. I'm and it, good. It, it's interesting. Um, the thing, this might be my, my least favorite track, but the track that I have the most amount to say about. Mm-hmm. Is which one, sorry? It turned to hate. Okay. I do like the fact that it is more of a pick me up and pump up the jam track in comparison to all the tracks that came before it. They're all subdued. They're very mellow. They're very, you know, night sky kind of thing happening on. Mm -hmm. But Turn to Hate has a little bit more of a poppy feel to it, a little bit more of like a popular tangible track. Like it's very tangible. And I think, I think this track would have worked better if the presentation of it was in reverse because it starts off very big, very tangible, very happy-go-lucky in terms of the music. Mm-hmm. And then the end is the fade out of the turn to hate. And it's almost like a good minute of Orville oh, yeah, just yeah, kind of playing it out and saying, I hope, what was the word? I hope that my... Don't my sorrow turn to hate, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, okay. That's and I wish I it was that. reversed where the first minute is very somber, very continuing the emotions that we had from the following tracks and then really turn up and become this big popular moment at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I do agree that that one sounds a little bit different than the other songs. It's, mm-hmm. I feel like I don't know the history of of how he put the album together, but I, I, I know that some songs are older than others. I'm wondering if that was one of the older ones or just was sort of like made outside of like not intentionally on an album. Track of Nothing Fades Like the Light. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm really enjoying the romantic side of things and romantic in all different facets of the word, like the big- Capital rom- R romantic. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I was getting very like Stand By Me vibes on that one. Like the track stand okay. by mean. Yeah. Uh, just within like how the music builds and grows. Um, 
And that's where I realized that he has kind of like that Johnny Cash, Michael Crawford feel mm-hmm. to it. For sure, yeah. Let's see here. Do I have that one is a little bit more vocal heavy or like mm-hmm. there's less going on besides his voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very intimate yeah. in that sense. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. I actually don't listen to that one that often because I find it very like it's it's emotional in a way that sometimes I'm not ready to feel. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's a little it is very potent. It's very concentrated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to take it all in at once. Mm-hmm. Um, I have for Roses Are Falling that mm-hmm. it is much more of a traditional country and Western. I, I, for some reason, I felt like Beauty School Dropout from Greece. Oh. Like that kind of a vibe. Yeah, 100%. Um, and I actually wrote down, he steps out of the song. Yes, I love when this happens because it's over the top and cheese that I love. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was, that's something that like, I <laughs> the don't- theatricality. I don't, yeah, I don't feel like <laughs> a lot of artists are doing enough of that lately. Mm-hmm. They need to get themselves out of those songs and just like directly talk to the audience of like, girl or lover or babe, <laughs> you're my babe. I'm always going to love you, babe. Yeah. This for you. <laughs> like that vine of that guy. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I just, I wish more artists had the, the, um, uh, the courage to do that. Yeah. And I mean, Orville has the courage to do that. Everybody else, uh, you know, they I yeah like if there's one thing this man has it's like confidence you know what I mean like he's just out there just doing it no no thoughts no worries um interestingly I think if I remember correctly the queen of the rodeo Mm -hmm. uh, and roses are red videos are they're together so he released the queen of the rodeo video was like eight minutes long or something like that nice and you'll like it. Yes. <laughs> and it also in the middle is Roses Are Red. So he breaks from it and then comes back into Queen of the Rodeo. Mm-hmm. And it works so well. It's such a gorgeous video. Ooh. I love everything about this man. I'm I'll have to check him. that out. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. And so the last two tracks, because uh, I don't think we've talked about the last like four. Um, Wind Changes was great. I love the buildup. Love the chorus work. Uh Dead of Night is very Alana Del Rey. Mm-hmm. I love the little banjo at the end. Buffalo Run has a, an amazing build and I love the energy. It feels very 2000s. Like it has okay. a very like, Jimmy Eats World kind of a feel to it. I'm trying to remember what it sounds like, but I, I feel like that. I feel like I, I can buy that. Yeah, like I feel like it's something like from the middle. Like it's oh. very, it's very um self actualizing it's very like self assurance as well that a mm-hmm. lot of those 2000 songs had like feel good about yourself like feel good about yourself it's going to be it okay champ time, little keep... girl that's it yeah right yeah you got it <laughs> uh and uh the final track of take you back um i love the fact that it is a grade aid country and western track with I, I love the base work of those kinds of tracks because of how simple it is. Mm-hmm. It's just the boom, 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 yeah. boom, boom, it just, boom, It's boom. like it carries you forward. It right? just carries you forward. It feels like you're yeah. riding on a horse and it's just like boom, 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 <laughs> boom, boom, <laughs> boom. <laughs> yeah, that one actually, um, again, in my hole that I was in at the beginning of quarantine, I watched a bunch of live performances on YouTube. Mm-hmm. and uh i was so depressed that i was not gonna be able to see any live music like yeah. that just really really hit me but um that song take you back he tends to perform it much faster on oh stage. interesting and it's, it has a whole different energy and i feel like mm-hmm. it's actually almost better yeah um and it's just like it's it's just like yeah he's just like guns a blazing almost is the feeling you get from amazing it. yeah I love people that are unabashedly and unironically enthusiastic about themselves. Yeah. I just love that. It's refreshing, right? It's so refreshing, especially especially when everybody's trying to work themselves into the mold that society has deemed for us. Mm -hmm. I love anybody that says, screw the mold. I'm going to be myself. Yeah. And that's like the whole thing. That's his his whole brand. And I feel like that's why people connect with him a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely do. Mm-hmm. so thank you for bringing that into my life that was you're welcome i'm, a I'm great happy time. to preach the gospel of orville yeah I'm i will gonna have go to her door if i have to yeah i'm gonna have to go <laughs> out and i might actually have to go out and like get the vinyl of this oh, and put I'm it sure into it my collection because it just it needs 
I love this style of music. Uh, and I just, yeah, I would put this on late at night and just get drifted away. Yeah. I love it in my car when I'm driving. Like I went to, um, I went a little bit north of the city to do some hiking. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe about like an, uh, an hour and a half outside of the city or something. Mm-hmm. And my drive there was just driving through all those big hilly country roads. Yeah. And I was like, this is a good, a good album to play for that. It would and be. It really, yeah. Yeah. It, it really, it set the right atmosphere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm picturing like a number of different highways between the city and like outside and like there's that stretch from King City all the way to like Innisville on the 400 mm-hmm. that's got those hills in it yeah yeah that's very open fieldy yeah but uh, especially if you if you get off of the highway at some point and you take the side roads it's oh very, yeah right the hills are incredible yeah and, I would uh, I, I love going on like highway 89 mm-hmm and taking all those back roads. I feel roads. like that's where I was almost. Maybe it was that. There's a moment on Highway 89 in Ontario that goes by one of the um, wind farms. Mm-hmm. And there's all these windmills. And just driving by them is so serene. I love that. It's love like there's, the there's these <laughs> like massive goliaths, these monuments to energy conservation. Oh, and cool. it's just so peaceful. Yeah, I, I think I know what you're talking about. So that yeah. wasn't where I was driving this time, but I definitely have okay. seen that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah this beautiful. is a great road tripping album for sure. Yeah, it really, it really suits it. It's I open road kind of vibes, right? Like, yeah. I guess that's the Western aspect. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, the two albums that we listen to kind of lend themselves to doing that, right? They both mm-hmm. have that kind of road trippy feel to it. Yeah. yeah. I love road trip music, so yeah. who doesn't? Who doesn't? <laughs> Great. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Well, thank you for having me. This was, was a, a great fun. time. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. It, it was so difficult to get scheduled. <laughs> oh, it's okay. <laughs> we got we you it. on eventually. <laughs> yeah, no, it was really, yeah, it was really nice to be able to talk to you again. It's yeah. been a while. It's been a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything you want to pump? Anything you want to let the listeners know about? This is your moment to oh, say oh, anything you want on. to. Yeah um not really i mean this might be of interest to you michael but for halloween at work we are putting together a late night program and we're bringing in a mentalist (laughs) so depending on when i don't know when this is gonna air or like go live but um i believe it's october 23rd we are bringing in a mentalist to do some like seancey kind of stuff on zoom so we'll see how that goes i know a couple Um, mentalists which one or are you allowed to know uh, no, no, I can say it. He's actually, um, Sarah, no, Sarah Kukuzi, if you remember her. Yes. I shouldn't say her name. No, but, no, no. Uh, it's, it's funny because this is a very Sarah album. Like Sarah is yeah, somebody yeah, that yeah. I would like ride or die for. Mm-hmm. Like if she oh, showed up sure. at my she front, did. if she showed up at my front door and said, Michael, I need somebody to drive me to like New Orleans. I'd be like, done. <laughs> she would say that. No questions <laughs> asked. Out of all the places, it would be New Orleans. <laughs> straight up done. I'm doing it. I'm dropping everything. We are spending the next week and a half doing this. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. No, yeah. She would actually, I'm sure she'd have a great time talking to you about music on here. Yeah. I'm, hopefully I'll get her on here. Um, yeah. Which is trying to, it's the schedule thing, right? Scheduling. I know it's a nightmare right now. Yeah. We're also like, it's, it's, we're also busy and yet not busy at the same time. Yeah. I don't know how that, that's happening. Yeah. But. Cause there's no like real structured um, time frames anymore. Everything is exactly. so up in the air. So you can't schedule anything because we just it's, don't know. It's chaotic, right? Like yeah. It's just one, one week at a time is how I'm taking it. And yeah, I'm living so. in a perpetual Tuesday. So yeah. that's better yeah. than a perpetual Monday. That's true. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, it's a shame, but yeah. But anyway, I got anyway. nothing to plug. Unfortunately, I'm not really doing very much aside from work and school. Well, that's um, okay. That's, that's yeah. still very important though. Uh, it's taken up all my time. Yeah. And Netflix. And Netflix. <laughs> there you go. Can I recommend the Umbrella Academy if you're looking you for something sure to can. watch? Yeah. By Gerard Way. Yeah, I know. I've, of my chemical romance. <laughs> I've read the two, the first two graphic novels, and I have the sec- the third uh, one ready to go. I just haven't dived into the actual, which is so funny because I love 
oh, what's her first name? Paige. Um, oh, Ellen Page? Ellen Page. I'm like, it's yeah. not Eileen. It's, I love everything she does. Like everything yeah. she does turns to gold. I even watched mm-hmm. Flatliners because of her. Oh, really? It was not good. <laughs> it was not good. I didn't <laughs> it was see it, so right. bad. But like I would watch, her performance was fantastic. I'm sure she's great. Yeah. But yeah, I just yeah. haven't gotten around to it. I recently watched the uh, Amazon show Tales from the Loop. Okay. Oh yeah. I remember you talking about that. Yeah. So that's, that would be my plug, but your plug is the Umbrella Academy. <laughs> I'm like, if you need something to watch on Netflix, I binged, like, <laughs> I binged that so way too fast. <laughs> oh, well, that's good. That's good. Uh, yeah. Oh, perfect. Well, thank you again for coming on. Yeah. Thank and, you for having uh, me once again. Yeah. And uh, for everybody out there, uh, keep hanging on and keep sharing music. Oh,